Introducing the all-new Romeo y Julieta Passione. The story of this cigar dates back almost a year, during a visit to the Flor de Coupon factory in Honduras. We witnessed the endless amount of passion and love the workers put into each and every cigar. This hand-rolled cigar uses a blend of Dominican and Honduran filler tobaccos, along with a rich and flavorful binder from the U.S. The wrapper is a zesty Ecuadorian Habano leaf that offers up notes of pepper, leather, nuts, and a dash of cocoa. Ignite your passion and pick up a box of the Romeo y Julieta Passion at jrcigars.com. Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Massa Sensei. are on the air. This is uh, episode 257. Smoke Night Live. It's Friday. I can't believe I'm so excited. I'm here with my good buddy Emmett from Blind Men's Puff Emmett. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Of course. I I'm love it excited. when you are able to like come out of the woodwork. And <laughs> we can us. actually hang out we in our hang out. 10 mile distance that we are from each other. Exactly. But uh, Emmett, um, the cool thing is just a couple weeks from now, the virtual Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest, Jordan. Oh, it's happening. Yes. So it's, I'm excited. Yeah, some of you may or may not know, but uh, the world's greatest cigar event. It really Rocky, is. It is amazing. Uh, sadly, there's a sad. There's this is good. Good and bad news. Bad news uh, because of COVID and such. Uh, Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest, the event, was canceled. Um, but. Uh, the fine folks at Smoker Friendly uh, asked the dojo to host a virtual version of the event. Dojo Mountain Cigar Fest. Yes. <laughs> and so we're going to have, some people are still flying in and coming in. We got some, some people from Vegas and people from Illinois and people from Washington and whatnot and New Jersey coming in here. It's going to be a, a small group. We've got to keep it kind of small. Yeah. Regulation-wise. Yeah, we got to be careful still. We don't want to get shut down, <laughs> you know. But then we're, we're going to have three shows that day on s Saturday. That's the day that would normally be Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. We're going to have three live shows. It's a literal, Emmett, a literal all-star cast. Anyone that's anyone. Anyone is that is there. anyone is going to be on the, those three shows that day. And so we're going to have a ton of fun. There's going to be some specials. There's going to be some giveaways. It's just going to be incredible. That's August 29th. Um, for the folks that are coming in to join us, we're going to do some st fun stuff on August 28th as well, mm -hmm. Jordan. We are. Right here at the studio. Yes. <laughs> I don't know the schedule. Yeah. I just show up. Yeah. You, Jordan just shows up. He doesn't do any of the hard work. I do all the hard work. <laughs> and then, no, no it's no, going to be no, a blast. No, 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 actually, no, Jordan no. does all the hard work. <laughs> but it's going to be a blast. We're going to have a good time. And so I'm really looking forward to that. And then, Emmett, so before that, I was thinking, you know, before all this happens, I need to take a little vacation. Yes. And so, like, I, I made this plan with my wife and my daughters, and we're going to go up to Glenwood Canyon. It sounded like a great plan. It's, it was going to be amazing. We're going to spend some time up there in the hot springs, kind of goof around, maybe get some good, you know, dinner and whatnot. I have the worst travel luck in the world. <laughs> I do. 
I literally am. I have the worst travel luck in the world. Last year, I was going to go down to Florida, and there was the hurricane. I forget what hurricane it was. Does anybody remember? Oh what yeah, it was I remember called? that. Um, no, Hur- I, I can't remember the name. I think it was called Hurricane Vacation. Selma. <laughs> hurricane Eric gets no vacation. <laughs> Eric gets no vacation. That ruined that vacation. So then, me, me and April, my wife, we went a month later, mm-hmm. which was great. But then there was some sort of north nor'eastern <laughs> came in, and the whole time we were in Florida, it was literally w- just wind and rain and cold. And then I have my Honduran trip coming up last May, and then boom, COVID hits. Hey, at least you didn't get stranded in Honduras for the past five months or no. however long it's been. That's true. That would have it would have been fun. Two week stops. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been fun. Two weeks stop. But at this point, they would have me like sweeping the. Yeah. The factory floor. You don't think you'd be rolling cigars by now? I oh, mean, yeah, maybe. Put you to work. Yeah, but I, I, I probably would Actually, stop yeah, you're right. I've seen you roll yeah, cigars. Yeah, it's, it's not pretty. <laughs> no, they wouldn't want me doing that. And so then, this year, boom, Glenwood. It's just an innocent little trip. Yeah. Innocent little trip, and then the whole state catches on fire. It's on fire. <laughs> there is a fire that is... It's like seventy-two thousand acres. Yeah, that's or a big like one. That. But there's like there's like at least a dozen other fires too. Like the whole state is just we're on fire. Just made of kindling right now. I, I walked out this morning, Emmett, and I was literally coughing on the smoke. Mm-hmm. And that fire is like 168 miles away. Yeah. And I was coughing on the smoke. That's how bad. Yeah. It, it's insane. At least the sunsets have been pretty, right? Yeah, the sunsets. <laughs> Silver lining. Pretty. No. Sunsets have been pretty. Hey guys, uh, before we bring on our guests, which I'm super excited because we have so much to talk about. But before we do that. Tonight on the Dojoverse, the new, the new Dojo, Dojo 2.0, if you go to Dojoverse.com, we're having Phenomenal. a giveaway. All you got to do is just post a selfie of yourself. Give, your, give a little bio, you know? Like, this is the kind of guy I am, guy, gal, guy it's I easy am. enough. And I'm going to pick a winner, and they're going to get this killer five-pack. There's an Avo Heritage good in stuff there. Here. There's a CAO. There's the new Numero Uno. That's the best one in there. That's the new We can't see it. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, you get a share. Anyways, yeah, and go. get this. There's a bonus prize because the, the fine guys at Caravan Cigar Company, they said, hey, we'll add to that. We'll give a five-pack of the new Fair Warning. So you get 10 cigars. You get these plus a five-pack of the Fair Warning. Sweet. So just get on the Dojoverse, post a selfie, make it catch my attention or whatever. I don't know. I'll probably pick it random because I've seen like a 1,000 entries already. There's been we just want these guys earning their white belts. you got to earn your white belt. And by the way, oh, on t- tonight, I have seen Perdomos getting smoked like mad. <laughs> like when Nick comes on the show. Perdo Friday. It, people are smoking Perdomo. And I just lit up. Jordan, I finally did it. I've been waiting all week Ooh. for this. So I, lit up the, I lit up the sun grown. Emmett, you... I got the Maduro version. Me and yep. Emmett got the Maduros. This is yes. delicious. So this is brand spanking new. So let's not waste any more time. Let's bring on our guest, Nick Perdomo, ladies and gentlemen. Nick, welcome to Smoke Night Live, my friend. Hey, how are you guys doing? Great oh, to be here. Dude. Super. I couldn't be more excited to have you on the show because, mainly because, Nick, the, this cigar has been calling my name all week long, and I finally got to fire it up. Uh, let's talk about this cigar. Let's let's get right into it. Uh, this cigar adds to the sort of the champagne line, and um, and you, I've I've heard Nick that this cigar is wildly popular. Yeah, it's been the biggest launch we've had in almost three decades of being me being in the cigar industry, Eric. It's been phenomenal, and a lot of it has to do with you and 
and the audience out there who, who supported us. And uh, it's it's the sales have been pretty incredible, to be honest with you. So we're very blessed. Now, Nick, there just let's get this out of the way. There was in the champagne line, there was. Uh, cigars similar to this, but sort of this sort of like, it's like the noir and uh, yeah, so, and the regular sun grown and the sun. Right. But this sort of standardizes that line a little bit more. Is that am I getting that right? You're spot on. What we wanted to do is noir and sun grown were, were were great lines, but they were a little long in the tooth. We had the we had both brands out about eighteen and a half years, and we decided literally a couple years ago that we wanted to reblend these cigars. And I guess I'm not smart enough. It takes me a little while to come out with a cigar <laughs> brand. And uh, we worked really hard on this. And it's really unique because, Eric, you were down the factory between, you know, Rissy's Garcia and our tasting panel. We have literally almost 300 years of smoking experience. And one of the things that we do is when we come out with a new cigar, we very rarely come to a consensus where everybody is, like, super happy about the cigar. In this one, Everybody was happy about it. When you came on a factory tour, you actually smoked one, as everybody did. We did this tasting panel, and we decided to come out with this brand actually toward the latter part of February and March. Then COVID hit. Our our packaging people in Holland got really sidetracked, and we ended up bringing this brand out about a month ago, and um, it's been incredible. And uh, what's unique about these cigars, forget the fillers, binders, and wrappers are aged six years, and the wrappers have been in bourbon barrels for 10 months, as you well know. We actually had these in our aging rooms for almost 13 months before we boxed them and released them. It's never anything I've ever done in 29 years. It certainly wasn't my infinite wisdom by doing that. It was just we just couldn't get them out to market because we couldn't get any bands or any of the packaging stuff that we needed. So uh, the cigars are like butter, and uh, the, the response has been incredible. The reorders have been incredible. We've only been able to sell them to about 173 stores, and we got close to 1,000 stores that want them. So I've never been in this situation where we've been – so behind and we're always famous the way we ship so we're out there we're, we're sending a t container every monday and we're building more accounts we've you know we're, we're being able to ship more and more accounts and we hope in the next six weeks that all our retailers will be able to have them we're working extremely hard the cigars are not the problem it's just trying to get them on we we didn't forecast them exactly what we thought we were we're about under about up by 113 percent of what we forecasted so wow. it's crazy you know nick uh, you bring up an excellent point uh, Emmett, and this is one that's really always interested me, is when you have to eventually pick, like, this is the final blend. This this is, because when you do that, like, that's going to be the thing that you're going to be doing for quite some time. It's kind of like, Emmett, when you, when you get a pet, and then you're trying to you're trying to name the pet. <laughs> and, and if you don't come with a name in, like, the first you week. You can't pick the wrong it name. You know, yeah, it's got to be the right name because you're going to be living with that, you know, for sure. You so have long. to test it out in certain situations, like yelling at it. And like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, would this work? I've done yeah. that with this cigar, and <laughs> yeah. didn't take kindly to it. So, so, Nick, talk about that. Like, talk about, because you just said how it was hard for you guys to, you know, like, uh, have a, uh, a quorum or an agreement on the final blend but you you have to realize like all right this is gonna be the one like we like all of these maybe maybe we like all of them a little bit but one of these has to be you know the final product that goes on and on and on and that and you hit it right on the head and it's what we have here in these two boxes and uh really to have a consensus with the hard heads that i have in my tasting panel is really incredible when you really think about it including yours truly and uh i think that arthur kemper did a phenomenal job with the uh blue 
in the Maduro together with the, this beautiful reddish orange and the sun grown because we, you know, the cigars have to be great, but we also want the packaging to be right up there with it. And uh, the response has been just incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm so humbled. I'm telling you that the hair is standing on my arms and really I got to <laughs> thank your, your audience for that. Uh, I get to pay my daughter's uh, tuition for law school because hey, of it. So you thank you. <laughs> well, this is, the, you. this is the best possible way to pay for college tuition, <laughs> but I'm um, yes. So wh- why not, uh, why not blue and red cello on these? Uh, mm. Ooh. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that, that, I don't think that would look good, but I, I do think that the, the blue looks fantastic on the box and the bands, our, our partners of Bride Dag and Holland did a great job together with our packaging team run by Arthur Kemper, who did a, a phenomenal job. And uh, our sales team have done an equally phenomenal job uh, in selling the products and uh, getting them out there. And, and guys like Cigar, you know, your group at Cigar Zojo, They've been very helpful for us to, to get the information out on the streets, and the retailers are just all over it. Our, our offshore retailers out in Europe are a little angry at us, but uh, they'll have to wait. The U.S. is first right now. Hey, Emmett, do you do you remember having your first champagne? I do, yeah. It was one of the first Who like, doesn't? mild cigars that I really, really liked. Yeah. Yeah, that cigar was sort of like a, a bit of a game changer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was a Connecticut, and like you, you just mentioned it as being mild, but actually I think it was a bit more amped up than your typical Connecticut. Uh, Nick, are these, how, how do these fit in that line? Like, are they similar blends, but just with a different wrapper? Like, uh, talk about where they fit within the champagne family. That's a great question, Eric. What we did is we actually totally reblended these because the new R and the sun grown were just wrapper additions and the blend was identical. We had a tremendous amount of inventories of tobacco from the Jalapa Valley, which is about an hour and 45 minutes north of our facilities in, in Esteli. The tobaccos there, I think you smelled them when you went on a tour. They smell a lot like honey wheat bread. They have a very high starch content, and we really love these tobaccos. And this is one of the cigars where I wanted to have a pronounced depth of flavor, but I also wanted a lot of sweetness to it. And I think that it really, it really worked together with the wrappers, the Maduro wrappers that we grow that are naturally sweet. And together with the earthy and spicy uh, sun-grown wrappers, I think the combination of the dosage or the blend worked extremely well. And, and I worked really hard on it. I, it was something that I really wanted to get done. I knew these tobaccos that we had. I knew the stocks that we had. And I wanted to, to be where it could kind of be the, the small brother, the champagne, who's kind of the, the incredible Hulk of the line right now. And, uh, and it's, it's done fantastic. So do these two new blends share the same internals, or is it, is it yeah, different? Yeah, the, internal, the, the internals are different. I mean, the internals are the same as far as the filler composition. Okay. The binders are a little bit different because, of course, when you have a Maduro wrapper, which is thicker, you have to have a thinner binder because you have to offset it so the cigar burns. Sure. So be, because of that, the Sun Grown is probably going to have a little more depth and spice, where the Maduro, you're going to pick up a lot more of the wrapper because the binder is thinner because the wrapper is thicker. And you're going to be able to taste more sweetness. And uh, I'm prejudiced, but I, I got to tell you, I love them both. Um, I don't get to smoke many of them. I, I want to tell the audience I gave Eric <laughs> four Sungrowns and four Maduros. Normally, you would see it send out 10, 15 cigars of each. But I literally don't have them. And I know the owner of, of my company. And I actually have one <laughs> Sungrown. And I have one Maduro because I'm doing a show on Sunday. So I was gifted with... 
two whopping cigars and two boxes that was given to me by Arthur, who told me, do not take any of these cigars out because they're going to be shrink wrapped on Monday and they're going to be sent to a retailer. Whoa. So even even though I have these two boxes, I can't smoke any of them. So my dad always said, never smoke your own stash. So I've always followed that. <laughs> All right. Let's do a let's do a quick let's do a quick update. Uh, Jordan, talk about the Maduro, how it's smoking. What are you tasting? The flavors and such. Um, uh, medium, medium, full body. Uh, nice sweetness to it. Um, I'd say there's some good coffee notes, uh, roasted nuts, that kind of thing going on. A little earthiness. What are you getting? Emmett? You're smoking the same thing. Yeah, I agree with all that you just said. I, I kind of get a little bit of leather flavor in there maybe also. Um, yeah, it's it's a little, uh, to me, a little less full-bodied than the original Noir, um, but in a good way, if that makes sense. Jordan, how would you how do you compare it to the Maduro ESV, which we absolutely mm, that's a great cigar. loved? Um, just right off the bat, I, I'm getting a little more sweetness on this. Uh, the ESV, a lot more earth. Um but and uh, and more coffee on this one as well. But uh, you know, I'm only an inch in, so. So I gotta say, this the sun grown is just exactly what I was sort of expecting: saltiness on my tongue, and that nice cabinet spices that I was hoping to get with the sun grown, and and it's coming through in spades. But one one thing that you'll I think that most people will like about these cigars is. You can light this cigar and just not worry about it. It's going to draw and and burn perfectly just like, you know, the original champagne, which is, you know, I mean, look, let's face it. There's some cigars that I absolutely love out there, but I have to babysit them. You know, Mm -hmm. like I love the flavor and whatnot, but like I'm continually relighting it. I'm continually retouching it up. Like, Nick, you guys do a a fantastic job of making sure that every single cigar – is going to just burn for a guy, and they're not just going to have to think about that. They could, All they have to worry about is just enjoying themselves. Totally. Well, thank you for that, and that's what we really tried. You know, I was always taught that it takes 10 years to get a customer and three seconds to lose one, mm-hmm. and I'm extremely picky, and I think that's why we're completely vertical, and we really cure ferment and age these tobaccos till they're right at their peak of flavor, and that's going to guarantee that you're not going to have to relight or babysit a, t- a cigar, and we draw a test every cigar. We don't want... So nothing's more more frustrating than a badly constructed cigar. And, you know, in all my years of business, I mean, the only thing that I'm really, you know, conscious about right now, Eric, is to make sure that, that our consumers are happy and our retailers are confident in selling our cigars. So thank you for that. Yeah, you know, um, uh, before we move on to what you're drinking, because I want to find out what you're drinking, <laughs> I, have a, I have a sort of an idea in my, the back of my head. But um, you told, when I was down at the factory and we talked about, the champagne, the original champagne, 10th anniversary reserve. Like, I could not believe the amount of product that, that you go through uh, with that champagne. Like, I think people would be shocked. Uh, recently, um, Cigar Aficionado, they put out their list of top-selling cigars, which they always do. And most people might guess, you know, Fuente and Padron. And by the way, I think they were tied for first and second. But right there, number three is Perdomo. And I think that is amazing. Like, I don't, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, two years ago, if somebody would have told me that, I, 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 I wouldn't have known that. That would have been a shock to me. It, it doesn't shock me anymore. But it, that has got to feel good when you see that list, Nick, and boom, you are right right in there. And, and by the way, it should, it, be, it should be stated, Nick does not advertise on Cigar Aficionado. <laughs> and boom, number three on the list. Man, that's impressive. 
Yeah, it was very humbling, and it's it's really thanks to to the culture we have there and the loyalty we have with all our consumers around the United States who really support us. Because, like you said, we really don't advertise much, and it's the retailers have stuck behind us throughout these years. And my dad said something, Eric, and I think I told you in Nicaragua that if you work hard enough, you live in the greatest country in the world, you can attain anything you want. If you would have told me 10 years ago, I would be in the top hundred. I would pinch myself (laughs) Um, literally. And there's a lot of great cigars out there and and to be, you know, two and three in the best selling cigars in the United States is extremely humbling and we're blessed. And we want to thank every one of you for that. That's really the truth. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, let, I mean, we're talking about, you know, everything. I mean, that's, you're in that top three. That's a big number. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, if you go into any humidor in the country, you know you're going to see yeah, one day in Padron yeah. and Perdomo. We're going to talk about merchandising They're on the show. We're going to talk about merchandising later on the show because I don't think there's many companies that pay as much attention to it as Nick does. Um, but, uh, Nick, what are you drinking? It looks, I'm going to say it's it's got to be some bourbon with a little... Is there some ice in there? Is there any ice in there? No. There's a little ice. It's a uh, Belvini Caribbean Cast 14 is what I'm drinking. I wanted to drink bourbon in your honor, but uh, <laughs> my, my my lovely wife poured the the, uh, the the scotch for me, so I, I I took the scotch. But I will tell you, I saw the Romeo ad that you had earlier before I came on, and what a what a great brand. And we were you know we sold more than they did. But I will tell you, and you probably attest to it when you look at the picture of the factory, we have. Much better looking rollers than that factory. Okay, so just say Just say <laughs> That's what really counts. Details matter. I did share a picture of a particular roller. I remember that. I shared it with Juan Cancel in mind <laughs> because Juan Cancel had shared uh, a picture of a roller, I think, at AJ's He's got factory. Like a collection of them. He's got a collection of them. What? And <laughs> I shared, a, I I shared a picture from the Perdomo factory. You know, it was, I, I thought it was just innocent. an innocent picture. I wasn't trying to make any kind of weird thing, but, you know, it got a lot of play on the Internet yep. because, yep. I mean, let's face it, it was a very pleasant picture to look at. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Uh, did I say already what I was drinking on the show? Did I say? No, no. I don't think oh, so. No. Yeah, I, sa- I said before the show. Scott Brayband from Trinity Cigar. By the way, it is the greatest mobile lounge west of. It's it might be awesome. on either side of the Mississippi. Whoa, it could sides. be on either side of the Mississippi. I normally I only say west of the Mississippi or east of the Mississippi because we don't know what's going on on the it other side. Could be yeah, the best weird stuff over there. on any side of the Mississippi, and really but it could travel to the other side. It too. could, yeah. It's a traveling, it's a traveling smoke lounge. But anyways, <laughs> uh, Scott brought over some of this Knob Creek Single Barrel Barrel Select Bourbon. It's one of sixty in the world. Why is it so limited, Scott? It was a high volume. Oh, was a, oh yeah. Grab the microphone. Tell us. Yeah, so it was high in the barn, so it was a high barrel. So with all the evaporation and everything that was in it, it was all they got out of that barrel was they said sixty-one bottles, and one bottle was the one they tested off of. Wow, so sixty bottles for retail, and it's a lot higher age than the normal uh, yeah. single barrel. It's a just, yeah, it's right at fifteen. Yeah. Anyways, it's I would say Matt, Matt, you said something really smart earlier. You said that's the first. Say. <laughs> Matt, oh, what did you happens. say about this? You said it was the closest, closest to Booker's that I've had. Yeah, mm. it's essentially Easily. like it's like drinking mm. a Booker's. Same distillery. Very, very good. Thank you, Scott, for bringing this uh, over. I'll, I'll take a little bit. Yeah, of that, I'll take actually. a little bit of that. P- pass that over to Jordan. <laughs> uh, could, could you tell? Could you tell Scott I'm waiting for my bottle too? While <laughs> yes, you're here? Scott, come uh, on. Scott'll Scott'll Jeez. work on that. He's gonna see if he can get six, bottle sixty. 
59. Get bottle 59. Send it to Nick. All right, so, um, you know, the, the greatest thing, and uh, normally I would give a guy a hard time, but I, it's hard for me to give Nick a hard time because I know he's a bourbon guy, but normally I would say, Scotch, dude, you're an American for crying out loud. You've got to be drinking bourbon. But that's, nor- that's my normal line, but I will, I'll, I'll give uh, Nick So you're a basically pass on saying this. it anyways. Yeah, but, you I'm going to say it anyways <laughs> in an offhanded compliment kind of way. But um, so, Nick, uh, I, I, we talked about this on a prior show, and I think this is, to me, the, the most interesting fact about the Perdomo factory. And you'll hear guys, Emmett, I know you've heard people say this. You've heard people say, uh, oh, we double fermented our tobacco, or oh, we triple fermented our tobacco. But a, a regular tobacco guy, Nick, please correct me if I overstep any of these. Uh, if I say any of this wrong, but you typically cannot ferment tobacco twice. It's either fermented or it's not fermented. It's either like, it's done or it's not. It's either done or it's not. However, there is a way to sort of give it a double fermentation, and that is in barrels. And so some people would think like, all right, so Perdomo, they ferment their tobacco in bourbon barrels to get a bourbon flavor. But you guys don't ferment tobacco to get the bourbon flavor but what you're doing is through pressure and heat you are getting a bit of a secondary fermentation that does help break down the tobacco and make it sweeter bring those oils out let's talk a little bit about why you barrel you know age so much of your tobacco in these bourbon barrels First of all, you're absolutely right. Once tobacco is fermented, you can't re-ferment it again naturally in a in a pilong, like we call a pile, under weight. So what happened was uh, years ago, in 1999, my father said you could add another fermentation period. I said, how can you do that? And he says, you put them in bourbon barrels. And back in those times, bourbon was plugged at 60 months or five years. And the, and the alcohol residue, we're, we're not infusing bourbon in the cigars as much as I like bourbon. That's not what we're doing, but the alcohol residue, because they used French oak at the time, it's a very splintery wood. That alcohol, when you deposit the tobaccos in there, allows the free radicals to run, and it actually gives it that other fermentation period that I never thought you could you could actually do. And biochemically, through the free radicals of that alcohol that's inside those barrels, what it does, it actually caramelizes the tobaccos. It brings up the hues, and it really brings up the, the core of flavors of the tobacco to exactly the way you want it. You get another heat period, which I never thought was possible. Together, they char the barrels on the inside. It's like a charcoal. What that is, it's like a filtering agent, and it really tames down any of the rough edges of the tobacco. And because the barrels aren't varnished, you have oxygen and you have dissipation of air from that heat, so the tobacco will never mold, so it actually breathes while it's, it's, it's aging and fermenting again. It's something we've been doing for 21 years, and I think it differentiates our cigars from a lot of people's cigars, and it really does give it that extra fermentation period. So if you did it in barrels, I would give you that you're, you're giving it a re-fermentation because of the wood and the alcohol and the charcoal, which I agree with. But you can't ferment tobacco once it's done naturally under pressure of its own weight. It's only one, this double fermentation, triple fermentation. It's, you know, <laughs> so. So that. So so that sort of gives it this, I would say, and I'm, uh, I would say it gives it this sort of subtleness, this gentleness to the tobacco. It seems like maybe that it that brings out a bit of sweetness that maybe, you know, you might not taste in some other cigars, and it kind of helps. I just think it kind of just helps 
melt all the flavors together. Meld, melt. Is that the melt. right word? I don't want to melt either it either tobacco. I don't, I don't know you know, it's, it's just sort of like marries the tobacco together to give a cohesive flavor. You hit it spot on. It does marry the flavors. And what it does, it, it really brings the originality of the tobaccos to their finest point of, of really getting the solid tobacco core of flavor, whether it be a light filler, medium, or a strong filler, or a binder, or a wrapper. And it, you know, it's tedious. It's time consuming. It's very expensive. Of course, the barrels are expensive. We have close to a thousand barrels in the facility that we use, but we really think that it really differentiates and really, it, you know, makes the tobacco much better, whether it be filler, binder, and wrapper. And we bourbon barrel age every single wrapper, regardless if it's a bundled Perdomo Fresco all the way to, you know, an estate selection vintage. We, we really want to play by the same rules. So we have consistency in the product, and I think it's 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 great for our consumers, and they're rewarding us because they really you really do taste the difference with it. It really helps. Nick, how much of the of the tobaccos that you use are going through this process? Like, is it is it all of them? Is there only like one leaf per blend, or how much actually does that? Every single wrapper goes into bourbon barrels, regardless of whether it be the most inexpensive cigar to the most expensive cigars, and cigars like our twelve year double age vintage. Every single filler, binder, and wrapper leaf go into the fermentation, into the bourbon barrels, because it was something I wanted to certify at 12 years. So I actually did everything, fillers, binders, and wrappers on that. And on the particular cigars you're smoking today, the wrappers and the sun-grown wrappers were aged for 10 months in bourbon barrels. The Maduro wrappers, because their textures went in for over a year. And it really gives a darker cask of hues. If you look, the, the wrappers are chocolate brown the way they should be in the Maduro. And they have that nice reddish brown in the sun-grown. And you really do taste the difference. And it's the actual alcohol residue, not the actual bourbon, that really works great with the, with the tobaccos. And it sets us apart, I think. Uh, we have an audience question. Quinn Lodz wants to know, how many times can you reuse a barrel? That's a great question. You know, I thought... I asked John No uh, from 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 Jim Beam, and he said these bourbon barrels will last for 25 years, and I I thought that was crazy, but they do. It's impregnated. And what we do every year is we actually we we have we have bourbon barrels that actually have bourbon in them, and we actually case all the bourbon barrels once a year to make sure that we impregnate the bourbon into the barrels. But I actually have. Barrels from 1999 that I can mm. unplug and that we've never even seasoned, and you can smell the bourbon still to this day, mm. as pungent as, as as possible. We still what we do now is we case every bourbon barrel after use to make sure that all that that bourbon just continues impregnating into that splintery wood. So Nick, I've got a question um, on all every line that you have. You have a Connecticut, a Sun Grown, and a Maduro, and both the Sun Grown and the Maduro are always Cuban seed Nicaraguan. Is there are you able to go into what that Cuban seed is? Is it different from line to line, or or do you not even delve into that at all? No, we do. We uh, Your father was a de facto. We have our own genetic department. We have four seed varieties we use. Uh, we use a seed called Criollo 98, which we use in our sun-grown wrapper, and we use a Corojo 99 in our Maduro wrappers. And uh, you got to remember that, you know, after the Cuban Revolution, a lot of the great genetic guys came to Nicaragua, and a lot of the seed is, is done in Nicaragua. We use the word Cuban seed because it, it originated really from Mexico, but it, after that it came to Cuba, and it's more of a marketing ploy. But really, these 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 seeds were developed in Nicaragua. Hmm. 
All right, uh, Jordan, we're going to go to commercial. We've got lots more to talk about with Nick Perdomo on uh, episode 257, Smoke Night Live. Folks, this show is sponsored by JR Cigars. It's one of the world's largest online cigar stores, Emmett. JR's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars to incredibly high-end boxes, including the brand-new exclusive Romeo e Julieta Passion. Don't forget to check out their social media pages, including YouTube, where they feature cigar reviews, interviews, and their famous weekly top five videos. Check out JR Cigars for all of your premium cigar needs. We are back. Emmett, blindmanspub.com. How are you? Super. Super. We're hanging out, having a good time on a Friday night. We got Nick Perdomo on the show. Now, Emmett, you've been down to Nicaragua a lot. Yes. And times. Nick has a lot of pride in Nicaragua and what they do there. And Nick, you've talked about the when you realized that like Nicaragua is going to be the place for you guys and and with you and your dad and all how all that happened. Give us a little bit of background on on why Nicaragua and how all that came to be and just the general pride that you have in what you do in that country. Well, we started in 1995, and the reason that my father decided to go to Nicaragua was solely for its grounds, because when I first got there, there was nothing. The roads were blown out. There was only two functioning cigar factories in the town of Esteli, and I'd always ask my father, why the hell are we in Nicaragua? And he would say, look, <laughs> and it was the grounds, and he was right, and I remember – you know, when I when I first started in Nicaragua, I was in Germany at the Dortmund Fair, and a guy asked me, he says, I know you have seen in the magazine, where do you manufacture cigars? I said, Nicaragua. He said, what's Nicaragua? I said, you'll know soon enough. And, <laughs> and I remember, you know, talking about that one day, I, I think it was in Cigar Fiction on many years ago in the 90s, I said, Nicaragua would soon bypass Honduras, and everybody laughed at me. And I said, I'll, I'll pull something else out of my hat. I'll tell you in 10 years, Nicaragua will not only bypass Honduras, it'll bypass the Dominican Republic, and everybody chuckled at that and thought I was a fool. And uh, I'm proud to say today Nicaraguan exports of premium cigars in the United States have not only bypassed Honduras, but the Dominican Republic and Honduras combined. And there's really, they're, they're all great tobaccos, whether it be Honduras or the Dominican Republic. They're different styles, but Nicaragua is just totally special because it gives you everything. It gives you sweetness. It gives you power. It gives you combustibility. It's got it all, and it's because of the volcanic soil. It also, because we have a tremendous water source, we have beautiful valleys, and we have sunshine up to 13 and 14 hours a day with the photosynthesis. There's nothing in the world like Nicaragua, and we, we grow in drought, which is fantastic. And because we have a great water table, we water from underground, so none of our leaves actually get any rain, or we don't have to depend on rain. We actually grow in the drought, and what it does, it builds a very powerful leaf that's loaded with oil and grease like we call it, which is flavor for, for the smoker out there and uh there's just nothing like it my father was absolutely right about nicaragua and, and i've always pushed it you know and I, i'm proud of that we're, we're there in all those guys faces like don't, yes. don't they just yeah. feel so dumb like, <laughs> no. you know but but nick like that's got to feel good when you know now that there's i think there's like 60 some odd cigar factories you know in and around esteli like, it's got to feel good that you are a part of this, you know, like promoting this region and bringing out this tobacco from this region and all of the farms that you have, like, completely vertically integrated. Like, you've gone and just did the Nicaraguan experience to its fullest. I mean, you've done it all, making boxes, making your own cellophane, making everything that you do, 
completely vertically integrated, which makes these cigars relatively inexpensive. What is what's the MSRP on this thing? These are anywhere between seven dollars and twenty-five cents to nine dollars and seventy-five cents. But you got to remember, we're a manufacturer. We manufacture cigars. A lot of people call themselves manufacturers, but they're buying cigars from from factories, and then they're they're adding all their own stuff to it. And I think a lot of the consumers know who the who the manufacturers are. It's a lot of like car batteries. There's 150 car batteries, but three people make them. You might as well buy them directly from the guys who actually make the car batteries, and there's multitudes of different prices and so on. <laughs> it's the same thing with bourbon. So it's the same thing with cigar. <laughs> right? That is true, right? I'm yeah. sure it is. A million bottles of bourbon sure out there. There's probably, you know, uh, they're all in Kentucky. There's a handful of good ones. Yeah, a handful of Distilleries. Good ones. I mean. Now, Nick, if, if the opportunity ever presented itself and the Cuban embargo was lifted, would you ever consider blending with Cuban tobacco? I asked that to everybody, but I'm curious your thoughts. Listen, we have six technicians from Cuba. Eric knows one of them for sure. Uh, they bring us tobacco all the time. I'll be quite honest with you, even though I'm Cuban heritage, um, my father always said if, if he knew Nicaragua was around, maybe Cuba wouldn't have been so popular. Um, <laughs> I, I, think, I, think, I think we might work with it, but it really doesn't hold a candle to the combustibility and the quality of the tobaccos coming out of Nicaragua today. But because it's my heritage, I'm sure we'd probably try to work with it. It's just... It needs a lot of work. Cuba's, you know, has no fertilizer. It's a disaster. So it's going to take a lot of time to build that that infrastructure, the workforce, and so on. You got to remember all the great masters in Cuba, which are the ones who really brought cigars into Nicaragua and, and the Dominican Republic and Honduras. They all left. You know, uh, yeah. when my father worked in, in in Cuba, he was making 158 Cuban pesos, which was almost 150 dollars a month. Today, Cuba makes about 20 dollars a month. So. Um, there's really not much incentive for the growers or so on. So it's a, it's a mess, and people know it. But hopefully one day it'll come back. Now, there's a kind of similar uh, question from Dan here, just asking if you'd blend with any other tobaccos. I, I've, you guys have done Cameroon, I believe, as a rapper before. Do you have any plans to do any, any of that kind of stuff? Sure. I mean, I'm a big Cameroon fan. We work with a lot of Dominican tobacco for a lot of our private labels we make for a lot of the bigger catalog companies. Um, we work with we work with different types of tobacco. I've been given samples of tobacco from Pennsylvania, which I thought was really great. Um, just we have so many different farms in Nicaragua that produce so many different variances of flavors that we're still not done playing with with our country in, in, mm -hmm. in, in Nicaragua and seeing what we can do here. But in the future, who knows? I'm, I'm still fairly young. I'm, little older than Eric. We're, we've still got a long way to go, Eric. You know? I don't know. I don't Eric's know. 93. Yeah, so yeah, he's, nah, look at his know. hair. It's pure white. <laughs> you haven't seen me play hockey, Nick. I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty old. Uh, uh, Nick, oh. what is, what, out of all, being vertically integrated, like you don't get to ask this question to too many guys because, right. to be frank, there's not a ton of guys that are completely vertically integrated like you are as far as making boxes and all that sort of stuff. But, in that whole process, what's the one that keeps you up at night? Like, what's the one thing in that process that has the most chance of failure that is the hardest one to keep your, your finger on to make sure everything goes the way you need it to go and doesn't get screwed up? It's the growing operation for sure. I'm a farmer at heart. It's, my, it's one of my favorite things. I love it all, whether it be selecting water, making cigars, but... You know, meteorological conditions, making sure the seeds, which you, you learned, that I think it's probably the most important thing in the making of a cigar, making sure that your grounds are extremely fertile, making sure you have good water supply, making sure that there was a good rainy season. We're always prepping. Uh, we're already prepping in the next year's crop. We just pulled this year's crop, you know, 
two months ago. And now what we're doing is we're already working on ground prep and everything. And we're going to actually start putting seeds in the ground in three weeks and into our greenhouses to get ready for the next campaign. And we only grow one time a year. So, you know, I'm at the beach and there's like a bunch of Argentinians behind me on the beach, uh, you know, screaming Lionel Messi or something. I don't know what these guys are doing back there. So we got uh, D. Pittman wants to know if you guys are have any uh, plans for tours coming up or has COVID a, uh, delayed that? No, th- that's a great question, D. We are having plans to start at the end of January and going through February. And as long as everything's OK and COVID really hasn't been much of a problem in the Esteli Valley, uh, we're going to continue pushing on. And we never stopped. And thank God we have a, a very large workforce. We've really had no problems whatsoever. Um, Eric will tell you our, our facilities are pretty antiseptic as it is. And Nicaraguans have strong antibodies, to say the least. You know, <laughs> they don't, k- kids don't play with iPhones there when their kids are playing with dirt like Eric and I used to when we were kids back in the <laughs> 30s. Right. So, you Kick know, we, 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 have, yes. we, we have stronger antibodies. You know? No, I think that that's true. Like, yeah. I mean, um, it, uh, the cool thing with uh, Nick's tour is you, you're just basically like at this lone hotel that's i think it's i don't know is it north of the city Nick? it's is north it, of the it's city north yes. of the city and they just rent the entire hotel for everybody that's there and it is very very char it's a very charming sort of hotel so you're not like at the factory but it's nice because you do have this sort of oh you kind of feel like nick i felt like i was getting into like the actual sort of esteli you know, like lifestyle when I was there. Like I wasn't just at a factory the whole time. I was sort of like in the community, which was pretty cool. That's what we wanted. And we also wanted to be a little bit out of town because we wanted you guys to sleep. We didn't want you to hear boom, boom music and car (laughs) alarms going off all night long. We wanted our guys to rest. So I I picked that hotel and uh, I rent the whole thing for our, for our consumers and our retailers to come down and it's nice and quiet. We got the rocking chairs, of our, our drinks and we smoke our cigars and we have a lot of great great conversation at night and everybody gets to rest peacefully and that's important for me. We did we did drink uh, quite a <laughs> by the way there was just some, a little bit. It was where they were were they from Czechoslovakia? Was that was that the group? <laughs> no, they were they were from the yeah, they're from the Czech Republic. Czech that's Republic. Yuri Rabel. Yeah. yeah, Ultra Premium. You know, he's the biggest distributor of, of liquor in all of Europe and wow. he's the second biggest distributor of rum sacapa in the world after the united states and as you well know the czechs enjoy their adult beverages quite a bit yeah we were uh, emmett this is the onslaught this is the very beginning of covid right right it's the beginning of covid and we're on a bus with nick and and all these guys from the czech republic mm-hmm. and we're they're just drinking from the same bottle everybody's just you know <laughs> This is pre-COVID. They do not care. It was kind of pre-COVID. It was kind of pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah, it was right in the heart of it. Huh? But no, it was it was the greatest. I remember uh, I, we we stopped at this grocery store, Emmett, and um, we stop at this grocery store, and I go in, and the, all these Czech Republic guys go in, and and everybody's buying alcohol, and I bought this little like three hundred fifty milliliter <laughs> bottle for me and Coop. You uh-huh. know, me and Coop were gonna drink this little sure. three hundred fifty bottle of uh, of rum together. And I was so excited. I, I got it. Like, oh, I, I was like, Coop, look what I got. And I look behind me, and these guys from Czechoslovakia are bringing out, like, cases. Just like, by the <laughs> handle. Yeah. I, I can see that. Sure. Literally just cases. I remember cases. my first beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, yeah. We just had the best time. But I will say this just about the tour. Like, uh, and I, I think I said this on the last show, but I'll just say it again. Like, 
There are so many great tours. You know, you've got, you know, Drew Estate does a fantastic tour. Camacho does a fantastic tour. But if you're like a super, like, cigar geek guy and you want to do, like, a total, like, geek out on tobacco and stuff, like, there is no other tour than the Perdomo tour if you really want to get down and dirty into the actual, like, it's not really a, it's, it is a party. Like, I'm going to it was a party. But the main focus, Nick, was we were learning about tobacco on that tour, and I really do appreciate that to this day. It was so much information and fun. And he can show you everything, oh, every, every, every part of it, where you can't see it. everywhere else. No, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for that. I think it's important that when you guys make a long trek down to Central America that you learn. And one of the great things about Eric was is that, you know, not only do you do a great job in your show, but you really want to learn because you want your consumers to learn, and that's really refreshing because some guys are not really interested in learning they're just interested in partying and that's not what my trip's about a lot of people call it the university of perdomo i just think it's important to show you everything and i want to show you every single step and the passion that we do to make a perdomo cigar i think it's important for all our consumers to come down uh, media and our retailers and you guys make a long you know a long haul out there and i want to make it worth every every minute of your time when you come down to see us in nicaragua Hey, uh, Nick, let's talk real quick about your video series that you guys do on YouTube, which I think is really interesting. The thing that I like about your video series is it is the basics. And when I say it's the basics, I mean it is the very basics. But, and some people might say, like, you know, some cigar geeks might say, like, oh, yeah, I already, I already know how to light a cigar. You don't need to tell me how to light a cigar. I already know, cellos on, cellos off. But when you're first getting into the hobby... You don't know those things. And so it's nice that you do take the time to cover these extreme basic, you know, topics. And, like, I, I appreciate the fact that there is this resource for something that's so basic because, you know, hey, I, I, I've been smoking for not nearly as long as a lot of guys. And so... You know, sometimes I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing. Maybe you even brushed past it so fast that you didn't even yeah. like. Yeah. Maybe you didn't even learn it the right way to right. begin with. Yeah, exactly. Even if you are a seasoned smoker, it's cool to see how other people do it and right. and what their opinions are about basic stuff. For sure. Plus, the production on these things are fantastic. Nick, talk about your video series that you guys do on YouTube real quick. Well, thanks for bringing that up. We have a new YouTube channel at, at Perdomo Cigars, and I thought it was important to really not only teach my passion but to get everything that you could out of the best out of your cigar because you pay a lot of money for them, whether it be to properly cut and light a cigar to get the most out of your cigar, proper humidification, storage, and so on. I really go from nuts to bolts from A to Z. And I don't care if you've been smoking cigars for three days or 30 years. We all can learn, and I'm learning every day. And I just want to give you the experience I've had. I've been smoking cigars for for close to 40 years and you know we we look at these things the way we cut a cigar and really how to get the most out of a cigar and i noticed that a lot of people you know there's a lot of operator error a lot of times with smoking cigars and i just want people to get the most enjoyment out of it and the youtube channel has been incredible we just came out with it just you know literally six months ago we have close to 10,000 subscribers it seems like Every day we, you know, I have I have one video just came out. It has over 110,000 views, and and I really thank people that you know they like and subscribe, and they they give me a lot of input of what they want to see, and we're we're going to continue doing it. This week we did one on the difference between small ring gauges and large large ring gauges, and what you should expect when you smoke those cigars, whether it be me as a blender and making the cigars, and the consistency from a small cigar all the way to the biggest ring gauge. I want to make sure that all those cigars, regardless of size, are uniform in flavor. 
it's no different. I always say, like, my mother, she's a great cook, and when she made a pot of sauce, it didn't matter if it was for 20 people or she made a small pot for two people. It was very consistent in flavor because she put the, 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 the amount of ingredients needed for the amount of people that were going to taste her sauce or, or, or eat her sauce, and it was the same thing with a cigar. I want every cigar, whether it's a Corona, up to a 6 by 60 to be consistent. Nothing is worse than smoking a cigar and you like it and you try another one and it tastes different and you know, just things like that. And I think it's important. Thanks for bringing that up. You know, you're one of the most well-prepared interviewers. I usually do these things and I, I, I usually have to take over the interview because the guy, the guy only knows my name and that's about it. So it's nice that you actually know about our company. Oh, so dude. kudos to you. Are you kidding me? I, I live there. No. I, I, I'm a Perdomo nut. I mean, I, he I, is a, a bit of a fanboy. You know, we have like meetings before the shows. Yeah. We, we start the show like two hours early. With, no. uh, you wouldn't believe the work that goes into it. No, but, but, but in all honesty, it's nice when you do stuff and, and the guy is, you know, you guys are well prepared and you know about regardless of the company because I, I listen to your show all the time and it's refreshing. I mean, I do some of these where I want to literally punch out the interviewer because they, <laughs> they literally don't know anything about anything. And God, I wish they did just a little bit of due diligence because I, I feel like I'm cheating everybody out there. You know I, I have mean? no comment about that. <laughs> so Emmett, uh, you got, give us an update on how your cigars burn in there. That's so good. I haven't had to touch it at all. The flavor's are still pretty much the same. It hasn't changed a whole lot, but that's a good thing because the flavors are just solid. I think I think a little more of the spiciness is coming out mm. towards the middle uh, for me. I don't know about you, but it's it's real good. Yeah, pr pretty similar. Uh, earlier, you were comparing the ESV to this, and I do think this is sweeter. And I I, I think of the ESV as like gritty, like gritty, earthy chocolate. That's a you know that's what you think of from Maduro, and this is. Uh, this is more of sweet. This is the coffee, and yeah. uh, I'm losing some of the the nuttiness of it. But uh, there's uh, more like milk chocolate, uh, sweetened coffee, that kind of stuff. Jordan, what do you think of that as a sub ten dollar cigar? Oh my gosh! I never would have. I yeah. I was surprised to hear the price. It's crazy. I would buy this by the box. So Nick, you mentioned uh, smaller ring gauge cigars. It made me think. Um, I've noticed in your lines, you don't make a lot of small ring gauge cigars. Uh, now is that because of the, you know the consistency you want all the ones in line to to kind of be the same profile so you don't change it up a lot or is it more of a, a preference you know for how you blend it you like to include a lot of different tobaccos what's the reasoning behind that? Well, there's a multitude of reasons. One of them, the smaller ring gauge cigars aren't nearly as popular as they used to be. But believe it or not, as a cigar maker, and I mentioned this in, the, in the, my latest YouTube channel, we actually make more money making a smaller ring gauge cigar. For example, we make a robusto. We need 35 pounds of filler to make a thousand cigars to make a six by 60. We need almost 71 pounds to make a thousand cigars. I can't charge you 100% more on that six by 60, so I actually make less money on a bigger cigar. But that's what the consumers are asking us for. And I do make you know a lot of 44s, 46s on the Champagne line, and on this particular line, we'll have the same thing. But for example, 12 year double aged vintage, which I know Eric likes a lot, um, that cigar was all 56s because. The flavor characteristics I wanted, I couldn't do it in a truncated format, and it was going to be inconsistent. The, the smaller sizes would not have the voluminous amount of flavor that the bigger ones would have. So I decided that we were going to make them all 56s. But, um, you know, our repertoire and smaller cigars are, are, are not as vast as the bigger cigars, and it's solely because of you, the consumer, who's asking us for 50s, 52s, 54s, 56s. I never thought 60s would be, 
you know, a big thing. I started them out in the early 2000s, and, um, you know, we have 60 set of rollers that, that make 60s nonstop still to this day. I mean, I made 70s back in the mid-90s as, as a gag. They were great cigars, and look at how they're selling now, you know. Right. And, you know, you, you work for your consumer, and I take your input, and I really try to make cigars for what my consumers want, not necessarily what I want. I have to love the cigar before I release. It's got my last name on it, but people are gravitating to, to bigger cigars. And I think they get more bang for their buck with it. It's a cooler smoke. They get a lot of richness. They get a lot of tobacco. And, and I understand that. It sort of seems to me like, Nick, like uh, the Toro is the Perdomo jam. Mm. Like the Perdomo Toro mm-hmm. is, that's to me the the sweet spot in the Perdomo lineup. I, yeah. I don't know. If I'm I buying wrong? a box, it's going to be a Toro. Yeah, yeah, it seems that way to me. Yeah, it's really unique. Toro is, is our number one seller. However, our number one cigar is the Perdomo Reserve Champagne, and the number one skew on the Perdomo Reserve Champagne, believe it or not, it's a 7 by 54 Churchill. Mm. So it's very unique. Uh, Ten years ago, the number one seller was the Champagne Torpedo, and I think a lot of people started making torpedoes. I don't know if they didn't make them correctly or whatever, but uh, torpedo sales have been down across the board. And I think we make a phenomenal torpedo. I'm, I'm a lover of torpedoes, and these two boxes are torpedoes, actually. But, um, you know, you, you work for what the consumers want. And uh, I'd love to make 42s, 44s, and 46s. I'd be able to buy a couple more T-shirts. So, But, you know, it's, uh, but, you, know you, you really do. You, you really think about what you, the consumer, wants. And that's what we work for, and, and that's what it's all about. I tell my son that every day. Uh, speaking of T-shirts, you're wearing a Perdomo Army T-shirt. That's a very cool shirt. Uh, what does that mean to you? What is, what's the meaning behind that? Well, that you know, since we really didn't advertise, people would always be shocked when they came on the tour because they said, well, we never really see any magazines. And look at these facilities and the amount of cigars you pump, and we, we see them in stores all around. How did you do it? And I said, well, it's kind of like the old Gene Simmons story. We built an army of consumers, and we have a very big loyal consumer base and I, I thank every one of you for that and um a, a prominent company did a survey and asked you know what do you what do you what are you most loyal to and there was like three or four of the brands you all know that people would smoke and they would say what's the brand you normally go to and overwhelmingly from this was from a competitor of mine so i don't think he's lying to me he said it was it was you it was perdomo and you really built a a strong powerful unit and i said we have a perdomo army and we started with these shirts years ago, and we just brought them back out again. And we have a, a new ball cap that's coming out. And really, we just have a very loyal following. And I'm thankful for every every one of you guys that really support us. You know, you see it on social media. We're just we're just blessed to have such a, a great group. And I think a lot of people know how hard we work and being a family company. I think a lot of people have a lot of respect for our workforce and how diligent they are. And you saw it, Eric. I mean, our guys, they – they take it very personal. And when you go in the factory, you'll see, you know, uh, you know, quality is respect for your consumers. You see a lot of it in Spanish, but everybody knows how important it is to please our consumers, whether it be the guy who's doing seed pelletization all the way to guys who are making cigars. We really work hard to really satisfy our consumer base and to make our retailers confident about selling our cigars. And really, at the end, what else do you have, you know? Nick, do you consider yourself an outsider? I mean, that seems like a crazy question, Emmett, because he's the number three selling cigar in the list. But for, there's something about you that, that just strikes me as a bit of an outsider. You are a bit of an outlier, even though I guess maybe because you just 
sort of like just do it your own way. You don't seem to like care about what's going on so much. You're just doing it. You're doing what you're doing for your consumer, and you sort of seem a bit of an outlier. It, uh, what would you? How would you respond to that? Outliers spot on. I wouldn't say I'm an outsider. Look, I'm a real family orientated guy. Um, I'm like you. I know you're very family orientated too. Um, someone tells me what's the most special times for me. It's like tomorrow morning. I just bought a boat. I'm taking my wife, my kids, my son-in-law, my daughter-in-law, and that'll be the best time of my life. I'm just very family orientated. I love my consumers. I think that some of the best times of my life are being in the cigar lounge, just doing events. And, uh, Look, I got a lot of friends in the industry. Um, I think I'm a very reserved guy. I'm private because, you know, I'm, I'm really family orientated. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. And uh, I'm very proud of the loyalty of my workforce. The average worker has worked for our company for 19.6 years. And uh, I'm really in love with my workforce and my consumers and my retailers. Um, and I think a lot of people misinterpret that. A lot of times, and in reality, I think it's their problem, certainly not mine. I'm really proud that I'm very family-orientated, and I'm very tight with my, my workforce. Um, being a, a family-run business, we treat our workers like family, and I think that's why they're so loyal to us. And I think it's a win-win situation for our consumers and for ourselves, and I'm very proud of that. By the way, just speaking on that, Emmett, um, when we were on the tour, this is kind of a funny story, but did you notice how a second ago uh, Nick said the average worker – has worked for us for 19.6 years. Yeah. Right. So if, when you're on Nick's tour, like somebody, he'll say, Nick will say like, does anybody have any questions? And then somebody will say something like, yeah, like, uh, um, how long, how long, how, what how, is tobacco? Well, no, he'll, <laughs> no, no, somebody will say something to the effect of like, uh, uh, how do you, uh, set up P loans or whatever? And Nick will say, this is exactly what Nick would say. He would say, I'm going to answer that in about uh, 34 and a half minutes. He doesn't say, like, I'm going to answer that, like, in a few minutes. Like, he says, I'm going to answer that in, like, 34 and a half minutes. <laughs> no, but, Nick, um, I got to say, like, uh, 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 just having you on the show is amazing. How, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Like, your son's in the industry. My son's over here producing the show. I couldn't do without him. What? Um, uh, but where do you see yourself in 10 years? You're still going to be doing it. Or are you going to turn it over to your son? You know, I, I love the industry so much. I'm not going anywhere. Arthur Kemper's our vice president. He's next in line to take over the presidency of the company. And, uh, my Ar son's Arthur, if you're listening, company. that was, uh, you could, you should tape <laughs> yeah. that, you should tape that, write it down. It's yep. a contract. Now he knows that. And he's been with me through thick and thin for 20 years. He's phenomenal. He's like my brother. And uh, my brother or my son is learning from two of the best. And um, I, I see myself, you know, my son says, you should be the chairman of the board, dad. And in 10 years, you should be relaxing with mom. Um, maybe that's what I'll do. But right now, I, I, I love it so much. I really enjoy uh, traveling. I enjoy doing the events. I enjoy all our retailers around the world that support us. I'm having the time of my life. These last four months have been terrible because, of course, I had to cancel so much they, you know, so much trips that I've had to do, you know, a, a lot of, you know, we've hired two new salesmen I was supposed to work with. I haven't been able to work with them because of that. And I, I think the thing I miss the most is not being able to be out in the retail stores and, and being with our customers. I just did an event a month ago with David Garofalo. We did a big three-day event. It was phenomenal. The turnout was incredible. People want to go back out and 
And one of the things I'll, I'll tell you about this, this virus that's been good for us outside of something that's so negative is people are smoking more cigars than ever, I guess, because mm -hmm. a lot of them are home. But uh, we've had some incredibly record sales. And I almost feel bad saying it because I have a lot of friends of mine that are in, in different businesses and different industries, like the restaurant businesses are really struggling. And I feel terrible about it. As a fellow businessman, I hate when people, you know, are, are basically shut down by their government and still have to pay the rent and their directs and indirects and are and are hemorrhaging. I think this is a terrible thing, but uh, our business has been incredible. We're having a, a record 2020, and uh, again, thank thanks to everybody out there for for supporting us. Remember, I got to put a girl, I got to put my daughter through law school, <laughs> right. so I appreciate all the Bidens that you're doing. <laughs> hey, hey, Nick, uh, I know you're a huge college football fan. And there's the prospect that there will be no college football this year. Yeah, Emmett, it's before Nick answers that question, <laughs> how Emmett, uh, like, uh, that's a rough one, man. That makes me pretty sad. Yeah, I'd, I wish they'd figure something out. I mean, other major sports have, have done it to, away. to some degree of success. Baseball is kind of struggling, but and we'll see how football goes. But it seems like hockey's, hockey's doing just fine. fine. Yeah, they're not having any problems. These are the so healthiest people in the world. There's definitely I a, think, a blueprint fine. for for doing it right. I, Nick, I wish what, figured out. what's your thoughts on uh, no Alabama football this year? Is, is, it might happen. I don't see it. I uh, I know Nick Saban said it's probably the safest thing for for his kids to to stay on and play football, and uh, I'm hoping to see it. I I was scheduled to go to the Alabama Georgia game. I was told by a higher up in Alabama, don't don't worry about it. that game's not going to be played, um, but it it should be played later on in the time. And I'm looking forward to doing it, but. If it happens, it happens. Listen, one of the great things about this is I've spent more time with my family than I've ever have. And uh, my wife and I get to hang out more and more. And uh, it's been a blessing in disguise. And uh, I'm, I'm getting to be able to hang out with my friends a lot more and my family a lot more. But I'm hoping that college football comes because I, I do miss it. It's, it's probably my favorite sport. But I will tell you that hockey is another sport that's been coming more near and dear to my heart. My son is big into into the Florida Panthers. And uh, right. yeah, we went to a lot of games together this year prior to this and we're season ticket holders. And we hope that, uh, you know, things come back to normalcy. I, I have a feeling at least by November, they'll, they'll come back to normal. I, I hope so. Nick, uh, your, your wife has, you know, made a big footprint in this industry. Like she, she is a grinder. Like she, she's, I, I I've never seen anybody more active on social media <laughs> then your wife for for what you guys do and helping promote the brand like that is a really cool thing like you you typically don't uh, that is one of the things I I don't think you see a lot of no. yeah. Emmett in the that's industry cool. no you don't is somebody's wife like like she's Jean, keeping like, the comments going this whole show oh, yeah, yeah she's amazing responding Nick. to every Ta single one of them talk about your wife and the, and the impact she makes for you guys in Perdomo cigars well she's the backbone of the company I mean she not only loves loves the family but she she loves our consumers and and she loves the industry you know she was woman of the year in tobacco business deservingly so she's been with me through thick and thin for 28 years of me being in the industry from watching our children to getting deep into fda legislation and, and staying on top of that protecting the company um just as little as the last two years she's been with me going to a lot of events and meeting a lot of our consumers and She's a big cigar smoker, and she loves cigars. She comes with me every year to Nicaragua, and she's so attached to the industry. She really loves it, and she loves the social media aspect because she, like me, loves our consumers, 
And she wants to let them know everything that we're doing and to stay abreast of everything that's happening in the world of Perdomo. So I'm certainly proud of my wife and proud of my family. They've, they've stuck through me through thick and thin. Look, with all the travel I did when I started this business, you know, your wife can be adversarial. My wife certainly wasn't. She always supported me and it wasn't easy. And we had two youngins in there that we we're, you know, we were raising and my wife was really the backbone in your look. I'm probably going to get lucky tonight for this, but you know, you're as good as you're, 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 as, you're as good as you're as good as, as the woman behind you in, in reality. And my wife has always not only supported the business, but supported me and uh, she's the rock and I'm proud of her. Hey Nick, uh, God bless you for saying that. That was, that was, that was an incredible comment, but um, like what was, what was, what was your guys' song back in the day? Now for me mm. and for me and my wife, well, I'll let uh, this is going to let Nick think about this, but for me and my wife, it was "You're the Best Thing That Ever Happened you're to Me" best by Style Council. Emmett, do you do you remember our like, song? Our first, song like our song was um, "Don't Forget About Me." Don't uh, you is forget it, is about it modern me. English? I think oh, that's nice. Yeah, that was our song. All right, Nick, what was uh, what was your and uh, Janine's uh, song back in the day? I think it was a song by Dan Hill. What was the name of that song, Janine? I never thought. I never thought. Mm. You ever hear that song? I would sing it, but I don't want to make everybody cry <laughs> Go out there. For but, it. Uh, you can but, jump uh, to it, it, yeah. it, it. It was a song from Dan Hill, and uh, I'll never forget. She's going to pull it up right now, but it's 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 it was a great song, and it's about a, a, a guy who who meets a special girl, and he never thought he would he would be able to be with her. And Janine and I just celebrate our our thirty first wedding anniversary in April, and. Uh, we're going strong. My my children are, are both married. I'm waiting to be a grandfather here, hopefully pretty soon. I'm waiting for Nicholas or, or Natalie to start the thing. I think Natalie's going to wait a little bit because she's in her last year of law school. And um, But I think Nicholas and, and Lauren are, are pretty close to being ready, so you never know. By the way, Emmett, tomorrow is my wedding anniversary. Ooh, tomorrow. All right. It's, uh, how I, many years? 32. 50? Wow. 32. Jordan, how old are you? I'm uh, 32. You're, oh, so it's 33. It's 33 tomorrow. Ooh. It's 33. <laughs> you better hope she's not watching. <laughs> yeah. That's a typical guy thing to say. Typical guy thing. You know, Congratu- the- congratulations, oh, man. Thank you so much. Uh, the most annoying question in the cigar industry, Emmett, is when you just come out with a cigar and somebody says to you, <laughs> What's next? What's, what's next? next? <laughs> but, Nick, I have to ask, what's coming up in the next you know, 365 days for Perdomo Cigars before we sign off. What's Do you well, have anything well, normally, you can tell us about? Yeah well, yeah, well, normally we don't come out with many new brands. If you look at the Perdomo, most of our lines have been out 10, 20 years. And we don't just throw things against the wall. But we might come out with the uh, with a bigger ring gauge cigar called the Immenso that we had in the early 90s, mm. in the mid-90s. And we, we, might, we might be working on that to bring that out for some of our friends who are looking for for bigger ring gauge cigars. And uh, we have a lot of grandfathered brands. We're, we're, refa- uh, we're repackaging the uh, Edicion de Silvio, which we're going to be bringing out. We've had those cigars in aging for a long time. Uh, just our partners in Europe who who do our, our, our bands, they're, they're a little on the slope. <laughs> oh, we, we lost, lost a little audio. Lost, we audio. lost your audio there. Are you still Oh, there? I bet that's those, those AirPods. Those uh-huh. AirPods. Darn it, those AirPods. <laughs> He's uh, swapping them out. That's yeah, okay. It, uh, it, it lasts for like an hour. It's a typical Apple product. <laughs> I told you to swap them. 
<laughs> no, Nick, uh, we couldn't appreciate uh, you being on the show more. Uh, we always love having <laughs> Nick on the show. Awesome. Uh, well, we we, we yeah. love being on the show, and Eric, it was really great. Uh, great, great. Uh, his name's Eric also, right? Emmett. Emmett. Close. Emmett, I'm sorry. It's okay. My, fr- my friend Emmett Smith over there, he, <laughs> he, he, he did a great job, too. And listen, what a pleasure being on Cigar Dojo. You know, and I meant it all seriousness. Guys that are prepared to interview that really know about your product. And I'm a big fan of Cigar Dojo. And I just wanted to thank you guys for having me. And I wanted to thank all the consumers out there for their loyalty. I can't say it enough, but it's really true. It might be cliche, but uh, from a guy who built a business out of a garage with his wife, um, it's special to me when people enjoy what you do and what your passion is. Absolutely. And all, all the way to a guy who's in a garage right now. <laughs> no, uh, it's not a no garage. No, it's, a it's a studio. A studio. It's a studio. <clears throat> Emmett, the preeminent blind cigar uh, review site in the world. Yes. Emmett, what do you got coming up uh, in the next week or two that you can uh, fill us in on? What do you guys got reviewing blindly? You know, there's not a whole lot of new stuff to review, but we do have a few new things coming out. I think we have a, a new Aganorsa review coming out. This past week we did the... Uh, the punch knuckle buster it didn't get a eh. a huge score. I think we were pretty much on par with what you guys gave it. It's cheap. It's good. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. And we did the uh, we did uh, the Muester de Saka unstolen valor. Mm. Valor. We're doing that next week. Yeah, that yeah. Uh, that got a pretty good score. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's what's going on right so, now. So so blindly you're gonna have to get some of these. Yes. What did the unstolen valor get? Perdomo. Ninety one, I think. Uh, okay. Yeah. Blindly, you're gonna have to send these yeah. out. I yeah, we s- need to review these. We reviewed the uh, the ESV Maduro recently. Blind. Um, did pretty well, yeah. Yeah, that is a fantastic yeah. cigar. So you, we made you rev- uh, smoke it blind a few months ago, and yes. you said ninety-two. Uh, yeah, I I would have given it a higher score than we gave it as a panel, but yes, it was very good. Oh yeah, that's that. Light- you should fire your panel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, folks. So uh, we want to thank Nick for Perdomo for being on the show. Uh, it's episode two fifty-seven. Hey guys. It's uh, Friday night, Emmett, so we Thank do what goodness. we do. Um, on Wednesday's Flavor Odyssey, we'll be smoking the brand new Cigar Dojo Undercrown Sun Grown Dogma, Ooh, and we'll be pairing boy. it with whiskey. What kind of whiskey? Do you know yet? Any whiskey. Any whiskey. Any whiskey. So if you guys are out there and you want to join us Wednesday night for a pairing show and uh, get your Sun Grown Dogmas with any kind of whiskey, uh, I, I would just say bourbon. Because you're, you're always, a, I mean, you would say, because you're American for crying We're out loud. We're Americans over here. And um, next Friday night, Jose Blanco, yeah, will be on the show. Jose Blanco From, will be uh, what, on the Macedonia? show. Macedonia. So that'll be fun. And he, 3 a.m. Yes, it's 3 a.m. Wow, it's in Macedonia. Hey, Nick, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Thank you guys for having us. I really appreciate it. All right, guys. So uh, let's have some fun tonight on the Dojo. Get on DojoVerse.com. Uh, post what you're drinking. Post what you're smoking. Post what you're listening to, all of those things. We're going to play some cornhole tonight, Jordan. Oh, we Woo. got LED lights on the, the board. We have the new lighting We don't even a, need, we can go and pitch black. We can play cornhole and pitch black. Yeah, it's it's going to be absolutely amazing. So uh, we want to thank... Eric, really quick. Yeah, yeah, Janine, wants, Janine wants to say hi. She's yes. right behind me. Come on, Janine. Get, get on, get on the camera. Let's see it. Right. Yeah, there we go. There she is. There she is. Photo up. Look at that couple. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. We were, oh my gosh! Yeah, we that were is, all wondering. And that is the first time on Smoke Night Live that we've actually had a confirmation uh, consensual sex <laughs> offer on the show. So we're excited about that. 
All right, everybody. So grab yourself some of the new um, 10th anniversary Sun Grown and Maduro. I'm smoking the Sun Grown. By the way, it was absolutely fantastic. I, c- I can't rave about it enough. You guys are going to love this, especially at the price point. Oh, I'm my like, gosh. I can't believe how, how inexpensive it is. I didn't know until you told me, and it's surprising. All right, folks. So until next week, remember, never, never smoke, smoke alone. alone. See you guys next Friday night. Introducing the all-new Romeo y Julieta Passione. The story of this cigar dates back almost a year during a visit to the Flor de Coupon factory in Honduras. We witnessed the endless amount of passion and love the workers put into each and every cigar. This hand-rolled cigar uses a blend of Dominican and Honduran filler tobaccos, along with a rich and flavorful binder from the U.S. The wrapper is a zesty Ecuadorian Habano leaf that offers up notes of pepper, leather, nuts, and a dash of cocoa. Ignite your passion and pick up a box of the Romeo y Julieta Passion at jrcigars.com.